the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How to talk back to God. That's next on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Join us. God's pretty clear. He speaks to us through his word, and he's said an awful lot. So how do we respond to what he has told us? Well, that is what prayer is all about. And our series, How to Talk Back to God, continues as we focus in on the process of prayer out of James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18, looking at the prayer of faith and how to develop this prayer life. From the well, the Christian community here in Livermore, California, let's catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman and today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. When Peter draws in his net and he brings all these fish in, you know, Peter, he fell down and, and, and worshiped God and worshiped the Lord and said, I'm unworthy for this. There was a holy reverence for what Jesus was doing in his midst. They, they treated him like that. Like, man, he's Jesus. He's the Savior. John the Baptist treated him a certain way. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. There he is. I must decrease and he must increase. Do you follow him? There was something about him that, that even John the Baptist in all of his influence said, he's greater than me. But we don't, we don't, we have to learn to get back to that. It doesn't mean that we can't jump and dance. That's what we should do, jump and dance in his presence and have a great time in his presence. But we also make sure that we maintain a posture of humility and reverence toward God. Because he's God. He's God. And typically people that really know him treat him like he's God. Once you get a, a glimpse of his splendor, and his power. It, you can't do anything else but fall to the ground and worship him. John the Beloved fell to the ground when he saw Jesus in all of his splendor in the book of Revelation. Jesus had to put his hand on him and to lift him up and, and strengthen him. Because all the strength came out of his body. Because he's that awesome. And we have to learn to have this kind of reverence in the house of God for who he is. This isn't a place where we come and just and act foolish. This isn't a, this isn't saints. Let me say this. This is not a sporting event. You're coming. We're coming before the king. And we love him and we shout and we rejoice. But that's the king. Can I have an amen, y'all? We got to get this back in the church. Now church is just, it's dead. It's people come in and, oh, brother, hurry up, you know. Go ahead and preach, yeah. Some of it I'll receive. Some of it I want. I'm hungry. 
And said, wait a minute, I'm coming. And God has put his hand on that man of God, on that woman of God. They're preaching from the Bible. They're talking about God. And God, I want to learn more about God. I'm going to hear this. We got to get back to this. Well, this is the posture that this man of God has. You see him, he's bowing down. He knows it's the will of God. Now his posture is right. Mentally, physically, we see him. He enters into this place of prayer. Look at verses 43 and 44. And and it says here, and said to his servant, Elijah said to his servant, go now, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times, somebody say seven times again. He says seven times, he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up to Ahab prepare and say, Say, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain, he says, stops you. Point number three is that we have to remain persistent. Now, persistence, when we know something is the will of God, is an expression of our faith. Elijah, he's in the right posture. He is knows that it's the will of God and heaven and earth are connecting. Now, he remains persistent, which is an expression of his faith. And for us, we have to be willing to do this. It says seven times he went back, six times he went back, and it says here, he says there was, there was seven time. then it came to pass the seventh time that, a, that he said there was a cloud. But he went up, and he kept going up. And he saw nothing. And sometimes that's how it is in our prayer life. You can pray and you can pray about the thing over and over again. It seems like nothing is happening. You know that you love God. You're honoring God. And in those moments, your faith is being tested. And there's something in you that has to break out of quitting, giving up. Thinking it won't happen. You have to learn and I have to learn. We have to learn how to fight off doubt and insecurity and fear and questioning if it's the will of God. We have to fight it off and the devil comes and he whispers and says, it's not going to happen. And he tells somebody else to tell you that it's not going to happen. And the devil goes off and he tells other people to tell you it's not going to happen. He may have people laugh at you, mock you, ridicule you for something that you know is the will of God, something that God has placed in your hand. And I love Elijah because he said, go back, go back, go back, go back. He didn't just quit when he didn't see it come to pass. And we got to get this down in our spirit. That being a Christian is about being resilient, about being persistent, about being led by God, about getting a little fight in your spirit and knowing that God is going to bring this to pass. He will do what he said he's going to do. He will see me through. He is going to give me the breakthrough that I can I have an amen in this place. Man, I feel this right now in my spirit because sometimes you can pray for years and not see it. 
But I want to challenge you today. Keep on praying. Keep believing God. If you know it's the will of God, maintain the right posture. Stop running off to this conference and that conference. Stop asking this person to lay hands on you and this person to put oil on you. Stop looking for this prophetic word and that prophetic word. And start praying like you never prayed before in your life. We got to get back to that place. He prays. He doesn't see it. It says, he, so he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. He tells him to go up and look. So there's an expectation there that we all have to embrace. Even though it may not be clearly seen, you know what you've heard. God says the sound of abundance of rain. I hear it. Something's going on. Now go up there and look. There's nothing. Go up there and look. There's nothing. Go back to the job. There's nothing. Go back to the job. There's nothing. Keep believing God, but there's nothing. Keep trusting God, but there's nothing. Keep banging away, but I don't see nothing. And there has to be something in us that says, regardless of what I see, I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to believe God. And this is what he did. Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go what? Again. Completion. Now there's something about getting to a place where from a, from a completion standpoint, we have got to that place of resolve that I know this is going to come to pass. I refuse to draw back for I know what God is for, for, from God's purpose on my life. And I'm going to keep praying until I see the manifestation. Listen, saints, the devil's going to try to stop the manifestation. The devil's not just going to let you go off and, and, and become, blow up and then, and then so you can tear up his kingdom. He's not going to say go for it. <laughs> He's going to fight you. Tooth and nail, he's going he's gonna to go, he's going to try to stop it, block it. But most importantly, now watch this, because he's not going to be able to ultimately stop it. But what he can do is get you to quit while there's a delay. So you forfeit what God has for you. What he can do is get you to stop praying about what God has ordained for your life. So you forfeit what God has ordained. It's not a matter of what he's doing it's a matter of your response and for all of us we have to learn the art of persistent and remain persistent because sometimes god is allowing the the persi- allowing the delay just so he can stretch your faith a little bit more and that's okay he he deserves the right to be able to stretch our faith just a little bit more but when he's stretching you all he's doing is increasing your capacity You fought the lion. You fought the bear. Now it's time to fight Goliath. God, he saw you through that. He saw you through this. Well, he's going to see you through that. And we have to learn to get our faith activated and say, God, I'm not going to stop praying through this because I, I sense you're doing something powerful now. 
This is how we learn to live and walk with Jesus. It's not going to happen, saints. Now listen to me, saints. It's not going to happen just because we get a touch. It's going to happen because you walk it out. Walk it out. He walked this out and he ultimately saw the manifestation. Look at verse 45. It says, now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead, ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. This is my last point, my fourth and last point. Once you see the manifestation of what God has, has purposed in your life and he brings it to pass. And, and most of us have seen God answer prayer in our lives. And it's amazing when you see God just answer your prayers. But once we see God answer our prayers, we have to, this is the point, continue on in God's purpose. Continue on in God's purpose. I love this about this situation. This man has just seen God call down fire from heaven. He's called down fire from heaven. We've seen God release fire from heaven, consume the altar. He's gotten up. He's prayed, and it had not rained for three and a half years. And he sees God, through his prayer, bring manifestation of rain again at the words of his prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never seen God cause it to rain when I asked him to cause it to rain. And I haven't seen him release some fire from heaven. Now, I prayed that he would send some fire on a couple of my ex-co-workers, but it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm playing with y'all. I didn't pray that prayer. I did ask God to fire a couple of them, but... But, <laughs> now listen, y'all, these are monumental moments in this man's life and in the history of Israel to the degree that thousands of years later, we're talking about them, God's handiwork in these people's lives. But the thing that amazes me about this is that he has these two experiences, and once God answers his prayer, he moves on to the next, next aspect of God's purpose for his life. I wrote this down. Don't camp out around what God has done. Now it's time to move on. What happens for so many people in life, God answers their prayer, and yes, we should, we should recount it just like I do all the time about how God answered our, our prayers about this building and everything we went through as a church. You have to recount that. You have to tell people about what God does, has done because it gives and inspires them. It gives inspiration to them. So there's points where you have to, but you can't camp out around that. You have to move on to the next aspect of what God is doing in your life. And this is how so many churches, they end up being stuck in the past. And so we have, we have, you know, Pentecostal churches and charismatic churches and Baptist churches, Presbyterian churches. We have this church and that church and we have all the names of these churches and every single one of them is named after a certain aspect of what God did in the past. 
that they kept. I love Pentecost. I love the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the church is not just about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I love the charismatic gifts of the Spirit and, and prophecy and, and healing and, 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 and the, the move of God. I love those things. But the church is not just charismatic. I love baptism and the way God, is, you know, saves people and delivers people. And then people get baptized and, and they get, in, you know, infused into the kingdom of God. I love baptism. I love presbytery. I love the order of elders within the local church and those things. Those things are necessary. They're important for the body of Christ. But you can't just camp out there and, and make a monument and then stare at the monument. And say, this is a, but this is what people are stuck. People are stuck. I remember God answered my prayer back in 1972. And I never, ever will leave this. You see this picture I got right here? Brother, I'll never leave my church, bro. Why? Because, man, back in 1981, God moved in the service and he touched me. And he answered my prayer. Well, has he done anything else? No. Well, he's never going to do anything if you don't keep moving on with him. Can I have an amen? We get stuck. We get stuck in a place. And then we make our monument, and there's nothing wrong with having a memorial and having a place where you say, God met me right there. But you can't live there. Elijah doesn't live at that moment. He gets up, and the Bible says he runs ahead to the next aspect of God's purpose for his life. God said, get up, and God gave supernaturally. Released him to the next phase of what he was getting ready to do. And for us, it's the same thing. God answered my prayer there. He answered my prayer there. He answered my prayer there. And I can look back and always recount the things that God has done. And share with my kids. And share with the church. And share with people. But I didn't stay there. God's got something over here now that he wants me to get my heaven and earth to agree about. And that he wants me to resume the right posture about. He wants me to be persistent about. So that I keep on in the flow with God and I'm constantly growing and developing. And most importantly, my faith is being stretched even more. Saints, I want to challenge you in 2016. Let God stretch you through prayer. Stop camping around around what he did when you were 15 years old. You're 40 now. He's not there. He was there. But he's in 2016 now. And he's got something that he wants to see birth through you for your now. Stop thinking that I can't get a breakthrough in my job and a breakthrough in my life. Because the last time he did it was way back then and I just can't see him doing No, no, no. Get that out of your mind. There's something new he's trying to do in your life now. So you had a problem in your, in your old church. And, and you know, you stop camping out around your old stuff. What is God doing right now to usher me into? And what does he need me to pray through now? What is it? What is it? What is it? 
Well, you know, I used to have crusades and I used to do this and I used to do that. And I was powerful. And whoa, when I hit that heaven beat three, oh my goodness, I was off the hook. Boy, I could preach. You don't even know. Well, what you doing now? I'm not doing nothing. You see it? People camp out around their answered prayers. And saints, we have to get to a place where the hand of the Lord comes upon us. Look at verse 46. And we gird up our loins. And we run ahead to the next thing that God has on our prophetic timetable. The next thing that he's looking for us to pray through. This is how we get into the place where we, where we really start embracing the process. And once he answers this prayer, there's another one that he wants to see birth. And another one. And another one. And we get into this cycle with God where prayer is constantly answered. In this church, my prayer is that we're going to continue to see answers to prayer spring up all over this congregation. That this year is going to be such a, and this season, I say, is going to be such a great season for answered prayer. Some of you have, it's already started in your life. But saints, we have to remember the fundamentals. Don't get so caught up because we're going to be teaching on prophecy. We're going to be teaching on deliverance, teaching on all this stuff throughout the whole year. But don't get so caught up in that stuff that you don't master the fundamentals, though. And our prayer lives is fundamental. This is where we start. And let's see God do something great in our lives and in this church in 2016. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an amen? Come on, everybody stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, we just, as your people, as your children, we just, we boldly approach the throne of grace. We come before you this morning in response to this word, which is a healthy reminder to us. Lord, help us to remain persistent. Lord, we've, some of us have learned to quit in life, but we're not quitters. Lord, help us to remain persistent when it comes to prayer. The things that you have placed on our hearts to pray about, to see manifest. Stay on us about it. Continue to awaken that sound within our spirit concerning prayer points that are on your heart. Lord, entrust us with more of your heart for these areas of prayer. Lord, we commit ourselves to prayer. We hold ourselves accountable to pray. And Lord, we trust that as, you're, as you answer our prayers, you also help us to move on to the next phase of what you're going to do. Lord, we don't forget what you've done. But we're running ahead to that which you are going to do. And Lord, we just pray today. That, that as a congregation, that there would be a fire in this church that would be continually kindled around prayer. This fire would begin to, to rage and to begin to, to roar. It would begin to, to spring forth. And that, Lord, people all around us would be amazed at the answers to prayers that we receive. And, Lord, people would be amazed at the blessing. That flows upon our lives. Lord we thank you. That we get to pray. That you've chosen us to pray. To intercede. 
to offer supplications, to give thanks, to praise you in prayer, and to offer up warfare prayer. Lord, Daniel prayed. And, and God, you answered his prayer. 21 days, there was a fight over his prayers. But the angel busted through and gave him the revelation. Lord, we're not afraid to wait. We're not concerned or worry, and we don't worry about waiting. We know that there's a war going on around our prayers and that you answer. And Lord, we thank you for men like Cornelius whose prayers and alms had come up before you as a memorial. And you poured out your spirit upon him because of his prayer life. God, we come before you today and we ask you to stir up the flames of prayer within us. That we would become prayer furnaces and houses. That this church would become such a house of prayer for all nations. God, we give you glory in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.